wandering She's been wandering We were going down to the riverside Welcome to Cheese Underground Radio. I'm Jeannie Carpenter. Thanks so much for joining us. Of 1,200 licensed cheesemakers in Wisconsin, less than 60 are women. Today I talk with three women crafting award-winning cheeses. Katie Furman at LeClaire Farms, Anna Landmark of Landmark Creamery, and Diana Murphy at Dream Farm. We'll hear their stories and how they decided to make cheese. Stay with us. Love Cheese More. This episode of Cheese Underground Radio is sponsored by Fromagination, Madison's premier cheese shop. Located in the heart of America's Dairyland, right on the Capitol Square. Fromagination's team of expert cheesemongers help you select the perfect cheeses and companions for every occasion. Shop online at Fromagination.com, or better yet, visit Fromagination and taste the cheeses that make Wisconsin famous. Fromagination, love, cheese, more. You've heard this story before. Two people get married. They have kids. Sometimes one of those kids is allergic to cow's milk, so the couple buys a goat. A few years go by and one goat becomes two goats. Two goats become ten goats. And now with an oversupply of milk, mom starts making cheese. Pretty soon, mom is making more cheese than her family can eat. So she shares some with her neighbors and friends. It doesn't take long before mom is now looking into ways she can sell her cheese. And before you know it, another artisan woman cheesemaker is born. One of those women is Diana Murphy. She's the lead cheesemaker and owner at Dream Farm near Cross Plains. Her fresh chev is legendary in southern Wisconsin. She's a super small batch cheesemaker, so you'll have to visit us to find her cheese. But one taste of her apricot, honey, lavender infused fresh goat cheese will convince you that America's Dairyland is calling your name. So I grew up on a dairy farm uh, many years ago, a traditional Wisconsin dairy farm. 40 cows, we had some pigs, we had chickens. I came from a very large family and I loved growing up on the farm. But when I turned 18, farming was not the direction I wanted to go. I went off to um, technical college and became a commercial artist. I like using my hands and being creative. And I loved being in that field until it went to computers. I'm not a computer person. And I found that as I progressed in the career, that's all I did was sat at a computer and, and did design work and it wasn't fulfilling. So I had kind of phased out of that career, started a family, and with, with our kids, we decided to get animals. And I realized that I really missed having animals in my life. So we had some goats, we had some chickens, and with those goats came milk. We had more milk than we could consume, so I started experimenting in the kitchen making goat milk cheese. 
we had more cheese than we could consume. <laughs> and at that time, I was working at a CSA produce farm, and so I'd bring the extra cheese that I had to the farm to share with the workers there. And the owners of that farm said, would you like to offer your cheese to be part of our, in addition to our CSA produce? And I thought, what a great opportunity. Um, I'd have a market already there established. I didn't need to do that part of it. So I thought, yes, I'm going to do this. And then I found out what was involved to become a cheesemaker in Wisconsin. So as Jeannie mentioned, I went on, I took the five courses, um, worked 240 hours in an existing plant. It took me a little longer than a year. Um, it was close to two years until I got my cheesemaker's license, and that was back in 2004. So then I was established and ready to take off with making the goat cheese. And fresh cheese is the bulk of what we make on the farm. Um, I have kind of over the years added the one cow, and my husband milks the cow most of the time, and my daughter and I make the cheese with her milk. But the goats are probably the primary source of our cheeses. My farm is very small. We milk 22 goats, we have the one cow. But in that, you might think, wow, they don't have a whole lot to do in that. But we have myself that runs the farm. I have my daughter, Alicia, who helps on the farm. And then my husband works off farm. He's there morning and evening. But otherwise, it's a, basically a two-person farm. And every day is filled. So we start the day 5 o'clock in the morning, milk the goats. That takes us till about 7 o'clock, come in and get a quick breakfast, and we're usually in the cheesery by 7.30. So on Monday mornings, we'll haul our, our batch of milk from the milk house to our cheesery. I call it a cheesery because it's so small, it doesn't seem like a plant to me. But it, it's a licensed facility just like any big, medium, whatever size you have, you, you're still fully licensed by Department of Ag to follow all regulations. So anyway, so we haul our milk in buckets. So all these buckets are sanitized, they're taken down to the milk house. We take the milk out of the bulk cooler that keeps the milk cold right after milking. It's put into the buckets, brought up to the cheesery. And because we're making a fresh cheese, we have to pasteurize it by state law. So that milk is poured into a, a vat pasteurizer. It's about a 100 gallon um, piece of equipment, which is very small compared to what these women will talk about in their productions. But the milk is poured in, it's pasteurized, and then we add a starter culture to it to get um, a good bacteria going to give the cheese a good deep flavor. And then a rennet is added. And we add this in really small amounts. And then that vat is left to set overnight until Tuesday morning. And then when we open up the vat, we've got this, what looks like a huge vat of yogurt. It's a real nice soft curd. I take baskets, line them with cheesecloth. <laughs> and then I just scoop thin layers of that soft curd into the baskets. And that allows all the, drain, all the whey to drain off. And that takes until Wednesday morning. And then on Wednesday morning, we'll take that solid curd, like what you tasted tonight. It's in that, that density. We'll divide it up into portions, decide what flavors we want to add to it. It's hand-mixed and then hand-packed, hand-labeled, and put in the cooler until delivery. So a fresh cheese like this is a three-day process. And then we start that all over again on Thursday. And in between those times, we're 
doing other things that need to be done in the cheesery. We do make some aged cheeses, so we're cutting and wrapping those, or we're um, taking care of other small cheeses that we make. And in between there, we've also got stalls to clean, goats to take care of, um, animal health to take care of. Um, and then when it's four o'clock in the afternoon, we're back down in the barn to do our second milking for the day. So just like cows, they are milked twice a day. So that kind of gives a rundown of what our farm is. By the way, the stories you're hearing today were recorded live at an event that I hosted at the Wisconsin Historical Museum last week, where 60 people gathered to hear these three women talk about making cheese. So you'll occasionally hear audience feedback and background noises, such as me dropping my microphone. Sorry about that. But back to the cheese. Like Diana Murphy, Cheesemaker Anna Landmark first started buying a few animals after she and her husband purchased a small farm near Albany. She started playing around with cheese on her stove, and it wasn't long before she knew she wanted to earn her cheesemaker's license. Today, without a cheese plant of her own, she travels to different factories to make and age cheese. And one of my favorites is Anabasque, a cheese whose name is a play on the Annas that run Landmark Creamery. Cheesemaker Anna Landmark and her business partner, Anna Thomas-Bates. Um, so I uh, just got my cheesemaker license in um, 2014. I actually was one of the recipients of the Wisconsin Cheese Originals Scholarship, which was uh, very helpful um, in terms of mine being able to get my cheesemaker license. Um, but even prior to that, um, uh, Jeannie and some of the other resources at DACAP had been really helpful in introducing me to other cheesemakers, um, making connections and trying to figure out how to make a business um, doing small batches of uh, sheet milk cheeses in Wisconsin. So that's my specialty is uh, primarily sheet milk cheeses. Um, I have a business partner, her name is also Anna, uh, so we are the, the Annas. Um, she does our sales and marketing while I get to focus on uh, cheese making um, and the aging, um, which suits our personalities um, quite well. <laughs> so we get to do the behind the scenes stuff. We've made cheese in three different cheese plants actually since we opened. Um, the first year we were in Milwaukee at Clock Shadow Creamery. The next year we were at Cedar Grove, um, cheese out near Spring Green, um, which both of those factories are owned by the same person, Bob Wills, um, who has been a tremendous mentor um, through my whole cheese making endeavors. Um, and we were down in Darlington for a little while last year, um, making cheese at a new little factory down there, but this year we're back up at Cedar Grove Cheese. So we make our cheese at Cedar Grove, but then we age our cheese in a different location. Um, which is called Bear Valley Affinage, and so that's even a little bit further west. Um, but so we age our cheese there, and then, yeah, ship it out <laughs> from there. So while Diana focuses on fresh goat cheese and wants to keep her farmstead creamery on the smaller side, and Anna is focusing on sheep milk cheese and is growing her business to one day build her own cheese factory, our third cheesemaker, Katie Furman at LeClaire Farms has already done all that. In 2011, her career was fast-tracked when she won the U.S. Championship Cheese Contest with Avalon, an aged goat milk cheese made with the milk from her family's farm. Today, she leads a team of eight cheesemakers at the Family Farmstead Creamery, and she focuses on agritourism. 
That means you can watch 800 goats being milked twice a day. You can also eat lunch and dinner in the Creamery Cafe. You can purchase all of the LeClaire products, goat milk yogurt, bottled milk, dozens of different cheeses, in the farm's retail store, and you can even watch cheese aging to perfection through the seller's viewing windows. But believe it or not, Katie's career path to cheese started when she thought she was going to be on television. All right, welcome. So I'm Katie Furman at LeClaire Farms, and I am the head cheesemaker. Um, we, so I also grew up on a farm, but on a dairy goat farm. And growing up, um, we started, well, I guess um, <laughs> we got to a point that we were milking 29 goats by hand, and my parents said, so do you guys want to go commercial? Or, and I was like, we're going to be on TV? So there's five kids in my family. <laughs> yeah, so this is how the little thing got started. But, um, and my parents are, you know, think it's pretty important to keep the family involved. And um, they take our opinion pretty serious. So they gave us the opportunity to vote if we wanted to go commercial or if we wanted to um, scale back a little bit. And because there's five kids in the family, so obviously they figured they'd go one way or the other, right? So my parents started having cheese made for us over at another creamery. I was a gypsy as well for a little while. Um, but my parents started having cheese made for us over at a creamery called Saxon Creamery. And um, I made, well, we made cheese over there for three or four years, three years probably. Um, and then, so that's where I got my start. And then um, we got to a point that we kind of outgrew Saxon and we wanted to start expanding our product line. Um, so at that point I started looking for other creameries and I ended up, um, I went to Cedar Grove for a little while. I made cheese down by Raleigh Cheese. We made a cheese together. Um, but I ended up making, before we built our own creamery and opened our doors, I ended up most of my time over at Willow Creek Cheese over in Berlin. And um, I was able to basically rent the off hours and run the creamery and learned basically everything I needed to learn as far as cheese making side by side with another cheesemaker. So it was, you know, that's one of the parts that I really miss, um, not going to other people's creamery anymore, be creameries anymore, is because I miss that connection of being able to talk about the cheese with other people that, that don't have the same opinion that you do about your product. So it's kind of interesting and um, I miss that a little bit, but you know, it's, I had a little moment the other day where I was, we were taking cheese out of the vat and, or out of the press and I'm looking around the room and I remember the days where I would make the cheese, I would sell the cheese, I would help milk the goats, I would do all the different pieces of it and now we have 10 people in the creamery. We are milking 800 goats um, and then we also, and we, we have a retail store, a cafe and on the farm, um, and uh, Farmstead Creamery, and um, we have about a total of 40 employees right now. So it's kind of neat to see where we came from and to where we are now. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoy our cheeses that we make as much as I do. Um, a couple of the cheeses that we brought here that are here tonight for you are our Avalon. Avalon is the, I would say the eight o'clock cheese, seven o'clock. Avalon is an aged goat cheese patterned after a Gouda 
little bit of a Parmesan Asiago type flavor profile. And Evalon is kind of our signature cheese. So, or it is our signature cheese, it's not kind of, but um, <laughs> Evalon is named after my great grandmother, Evelyn. And we started, we actually, unlike Diana, the primary cheeses that we make are all hard cheeses. So something when we got into making cheese was we went and talked to a lot of different um, cheesemongers and different retailers and stuff like that. And we were trying to figure out chefs, all those kind of people. We were like, what kind of cheese should we make? And everybody kept saying, make a hard goat cheese. Nobody else is making it. We really want something different. Um, and that is why we started making our Evalon. So, and Evalon was named US cheese champion in 2011. And we have been in the top 16 cheeses uh, at the U.S. Cheese Championship and also at the World Championships also um, in the last couple of years. And then we just won best of class at um, State Fair. So, and then we were third at ACS with, with this cheese just this year. So you can see over the years, a lot of things change all the time with the milk and, you know, we've changed factories a lot of times. Um, but we've been able to hold that consistency of the cheese, which is, I think, kudos because I hold that recipe pretty close to my heart. Um, there's only myself and one other person that I'll allow to make that cheese. So I think that plays into the quality of the product that comes out. Um, and then the next cheese that we have is our Cave Age Shandoka. So our Cave Age Shandoka is a cheese actually... I was the one who developed the recipe for the Cave Age Shandoka, but I did not develop the recipe for the Evalon. So um, both of these hold a very special place in my heart. But our Shandoka is a mixed milk cheese, so it's part goat, part cow, and it's 70% it's cow, 30% goat, patterned after a New Zealand-style cheddar, and then Cave Age for about 10 to 12 months. And with that cheese, um, I really wanted to develop something that was unique for people, but yet it was still familiar. And so that's why I developed the New Zealand style cheddar to give you some of those familiar notes. But then doing the mixed milk, you get a little bit of those unique flavor profiles coming through. And then cave aging, it takes it to a whole nother level. So, and um, you might be wondering where the name comes from. I like to name our cheeses after people in our family. So the Shandoka is named after my grandma and her three sisters, so Charmaine and Donna and Kathy. And so, and I was not that clever to come up with that. That was my great grandma. She named the farm that our current um, operation is on, she named the farm Shandoka Farms. So I just did a little play on that when I mixed the goat and the cow milk. But I hope you guys enjoy, and I think you guys will learn some more about us tonight. So thanks for coming out. I asked the ladies if they ever faced any challenges, specifically because they were women. Anna started and Katie chimed in. I think our, the, I wouldn't say that I have hit any barriers being a woman cheesemaker. Um, I have hit some barriers being a woman business owner. Um, because the Wisconsin is like, it's a really great place to launch a cheese making business because there's such strong infrastructure and there's a lot of resources. Um, and even though I do sheep, um, which isn't a very common milk, um, there, I just have had a lot of resources at my disposal to help with recipes and other problems and even access to business advisors and stuff. Um, but when it comes to like bank financing, Things like that, um, being a little business um, uh, in a really big industry has been a big challenge. Um, and trying to overcome that to like get our own 
um, cheese cave or even eventually build a cheese plant, that's been a big struggle. Um, and there are a lot less uh, resources for little businesses um, in this state, particularly, um, that that's been a really big challenge. So, um, you know, banks look at my business and they're like, well, you're making cheese, it's perishable, and you're really little. Like, so there's, we don't have a lot of wiggle room in terms of having assets and things like that. So um, that's been a bigger barrier, I think, um, being a small business um, in a big industry. I think I would agree that I haven't hit a ton of barriers because I'm female versus male. Um, I often notice that when I'm the only female sitting at the table and I just find it a little funny, but it's, it's fine and it is what it is. And I actually work extremely close with my dad and my brother. Um, and my mom and my two sisters are also involved heavily but as far as the creamery side and the production and all of that kind of stuff, that falls to my brother and um, my dad and myself. And I find it very interesting. Um, I actually don't mind. I will pass a lot of people off to my brother because there's just certain things that he's better at than I am. And, but then there's other things that I'm a lot better at than he is. And we complement each other really well that way. And um, in our creamery, out of the 10 people that we have in our creamery, five of them are female and five of them are male, which has been a huge change in the last year. So we used to actually, um, before I went out on maternity leave with my first baby, it was only girls in the plant. And we kind of enjoyed that a little bit. <laughs> um, but then we um, brought in a male and he fit in with us really well, balanced us really well, just brought a whole new, new angle. Um, and as we continue to make bigger cheeses, bolder cheeses, which I think this is a really important thing of, um, you know, just being at the historical society and stuff and talking about that. But um, women typically make soft, softer cheeses, smaller cheeses, that kind of stuff versus the bigger, heavier cheeses. and not because it's a male or a female thing, but because of the way we're built for the most part. Like, um, and I, I probably wouldn't have said this if I was 22, you know, because then I had to prove to the world that I, I could do everything and anything. But um, now that I've had kids, like my body has changed a lot and I'm, it's easier for me to do some of the smaller cheeses and I enjoy that a lot more like Evalon. I enjoy making Evalon a lot more because it's not so physically draining on me. I like making the chev. I like making the smaller cheeses. And that's something that I think um, plays into the female's body. Maybe we're not a true, represent, uh, true representative sample of the industry, but a lot of females typically make goat cheeses or or um, sheep cheeses because of the smaller animal as well. So um, it's really kind of interesting when you start to look at some of those studies. I think if we looked at the American Cheese Society as a whole, um, is, is a woman running this business or a man running this business? Who's your primary cheese maker? I think it would represent the types of cheeses that you make because 40 pound blocks, I don't care what anybody says, after you lift a lot of them, they get really heavy. So. Um, <laughs> 
So that's that's kind of that's that's been a really interesting transition for me this last year and just watching how guys have come into the creamery based on the cheeses that we've been making. So it's been kind of interesting. And something else that um, that we struggle with, I'm going to say struggle, um, is having a balanced portfolio. So we're not small anymore, but we're not big any, you know, we're not big yet. So, um, and with that, like we bottle milk, we make yogurt and we make a lot of different types of cheeses and trying to manage that and balance all of that. Um, some days it's really trying, but that's where I actually love working with my family because of that opportunity that it, we do balance each other and the bad days, at least we're together on the bad days, but then we're together on the really good days too. So it just kind of makes it really fun, but really trying to find that right balance to be able to be um, profitable and sustainable, um, that's something that the reason we are as big as we are is because there's four kids in our family and then my parents, so there's six families that we, we wanted to make sustainable off of our business, and then there's a lot of other families that are a part of that now, but in order for us to all come back to the farm and all be in positions that we want to be in, not just, well, you're in that position because that's the only one available. We're all in positions that we're passionate about. Um, that was pretty important to our business as well. So that is why LeClaire is the size it is. And um, we've been able to do the things that we've done because of the people that we've been able to work with. So. Can I add one more thing too? Yeah. I would say most of the women cheesemakers um, currently own their own cheese making business. Um, and if you go into a typical Wisconsin cheese plant, almost all of the, you're, you're hardly gonna see any woman working on the floors of those cheese plants, um, uh, making the cheese in those factories. Once in a while, Cedar Grove will hire, they have one woman working right now in the floor making cheddar um, with the guys. And I think I was the first woman before that um, ever making cheese there. You see a lot of women in the packing rooms most of the packers are women, um, but all of the guys, all the people on the floors, um, at least in every plant that I've been into, with a few exceptions, have been men. Um, and I think a lot of it is the, is the physical nature of it. It's just heavy, heavy, heavy work. That's the first, so I, I seriously do bring people in to make cheese with us because I think it's a really good learning experience for people. But the number one thing that people say to me is, man, I didn't know cheese was this heavy. <laughs> So that's it for today. If you're interested in reading more about the women cheesemakers, check out my blog, cheeseunderground.com. Our program today was produced with the help of Uriah Carpenter, who often says something like this about being married to a professional cheese educator. It's a very complicated thing and I'm still learning all the ins and outs of it. Our theme music was composed and performed by Point Five, one of my favorite local bands out of Mineral Point, Wisconsin. So that's it for today. Next week, we travel to Uplands Cheese near Dodgeville, Wisconsin. We catch up with farmer Scott Marika and help him bring in the cows for evening milking. Plus, we talk with Uplands cheesemaker Andy Hatch about the difference seasonal milk makes in Pleasant Ridge Reserve, Rush Creek Reserve, and a new top secret cheese he's been working on. Until then, you can connect with me on Facebook, search Cheese Underground, or follow me on Twitter at CheeseGeek. Have a great week.
love cheese more. This episode of Cheese Underground Radio is sponsored by Fromagination, Madison's premier cheese shop, located in the heart of America's Dairyland, right on the Capitol Square. Fromagination's team of expert cheesemongers help you select the perfect cheeses and companions for every occasion. Shop online at Fromagination.com, or better yet, visit Fromagination and taste the cheeses that make Wisconsin famous. Fromagination, love, cheese, more. We're sitting up here, we all make similar types of cheeses, we're technically competitors and we're all sitting side by side and you know like I'll listen to my voicemail at the end of the day sometimes and I'll have a cheesemaker that'll call me up and it's like this is really cool like your your competitors don't call you in other industries and say hey where did you get this equipment or did you like working with this person or can you help me through this recipe or what is happening with the goats right now you know like all of those things and and this industry is just so special in that way